0: Welcome to the Fargo Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Fargo on FX. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're back for season two. Yeah. So uh, it's preview time. I've, I've seen a lot of previews. I've read some reviews on the first four episodes. And it sounds like we're in for another treat yeah.
1: this season. I mean, people have moved on from skepticism that this project will even work. Yeah. To wondering if it's going to be as good as last season. And now we have guys like Wall saying, relax, it's good. He's seen four episodes, which is... 40%. And it's,
0: it's not just seven Wall. It's, like, everybody. Yeah. I, I couldn't find a bad review of this. It's 100%
1: on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Okay. There you so go. That's There's literally all. not a bad
0: review mm-hmm. on the internet of this thing. Yeah. Uh, I was stunned by the sheer number of faces in the show. Like, the people that you are going to recognize from here... I mean, it's not even just the main cast. It's guys like Ron Swanson shows up. You've got like Kieran Culkin from, you know, like Scott Pilgrim, the best friend, like just top to bottom. This cast looks astounding. Michael Hogan is in it.
1: Yeah. So I definitely want to talk about all that. You know, we asked our listeners uh, for for pre-back, pre-feedback, and Mm -hmm. I had uh, Jake Tallahassee wrote in, I said, quite simply, I think season two has the potential for greatness. I don't think it will shit the bed like True Detective season two had did, <laughs> which that was a fear after we saw True Detective season two. Oh, yeah. Some things consider it would all take place in Sioux Falls during the 1970s with a younger version of Lou Salverson. This was the major talking point during season one with Lauren and old Lou talking about the massacre at Sioux Falls. Another thing to consider, according to the synopsis, part of the season will deal with the misadventure with Ronald Reagan and an enigmatic local gang. Uh,
0: okay. And then
1: I found just before we hit record, uh, someone posted a looks like a campaign button, mm-hmm. uh, purporting to be from the show. And I don't know if it's true or not, but it shows Bruce uh, Campbell as the Gipper. Mm-hmm. And it looks incredible. Like mm-hmm. Bruce looks as close to Ronald Reagan as you can look without being Ronald Reagan. Or sure. At least for his face. Uh, yeah, as much as you can
0: make Bruce Campbell look like Ronald Reagan. Uh,
1: so that sounds pretty awesome. And, you know, that mm-hmm. was, I, if you go back and listen to our last season podcast, that was the big speculation that we are going to, you know, this was going to be essentially the story of the, the, the bag of cash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we jump forward in time. It's only natural to jump back in time. I feel like that the bag of cash is going to maybe be produced by the end of this episode. It could. Or maybe it'll be just another MacGuffin that we can chart at another point in time. Okay. But... Uh, I also dug up some information about the details of the plot. So this 1970s massacre in Sioux Falls is the culmination of a gang war between the resident Minnesota gangsters, which have the awesomely Midwestern uh, name of the Gerhards. Yeah. Uh, and there's an upstart takeover by Kansas City mobsters. Kansas City, what the fuck is Kansas City doing up north? You know, I I love that about like last season where you see the you know the mobsters. Even the mobsters have very Midwestern names and sensibilities and accents. Yeah, sure. It's not this. It's not the normal kind of gangsters. You're not you gonna see. have the New
0: York guys moving in, right? Yeah, it's gonna you, be Kansas. And you're City. not gonna have
1: gangbangers from L.A. or anything like that. They're, sure, they're you know these. Uh, I don't know what do you every call area this? has.
0: Its its. Toughs, yeah, yeah, even they may not be as tough as your area's toughs, but they're still tough by comparison, you know. Is that true? Is a
1: Minnesota nice gangster less tough than the toughest enfor- enforcer from an Italian mob? I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I from la- what we saw of last season, I don't know because I will say this about Fargo. Uh, there were a couple of moments that still stick with me. Like the guy, you know, I talked about this a lot last year. The guy who got slid underneath the ice. Horrifying. Mm, yeah. Uh, the whole sequence of, um, shoot. Who, who was the guy who played by the English guy? Frodo or, uh, Bilbo.
0: Uh, Sheen. Uh, no. no, not Sheen. His name. <laughs> what is his name? Martin. Martin. Martin? Short. There you no, go. No, it's not Martin, <laughs> Martin Freeman. Freeman. There you go. The whole
1: sequence with him and his new wife, yeah, and the travel agency and her picking up uh, some paperwork mm-hmm. is just totally the gasp. Yeah, totally gasp worthy. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, in, in, in this episode too. You talked about or this season. You talked about the casting. Patrick Wilson. He is the night owl from yeah, The Watchman. He is uh he is the uh one-day boyfriend of uh the girl from Girls and the weird season 2 episode of Girls.
0: Oh, oh yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. And now he huh. is uh Molly's father. Molly from the first season, Lou. Yeah. Ted Danson plays either Lou's father or perhaps Lou's wife's father. I wasn't clear from the, the details that I saw who is the sheriff of the Minnesota town and mm-hmm. uh, Patrick is, or Lou is, is uh, uh, works on that force. But you mentioned Nick Offerman. Yeah. He plays the town conspiracy theorist. I mean, come on. I can only get so erect. There's the <laughs> <laughs> before I start suffering blood, you know, so some blackouts you have to see a doctor. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jesse Plymouth. Plays a butcher's apprentice, Ed Who is described Mm -hmm. as an everyman who's too slow and trusting This is essentially every character that Jesse Plemons plays It's weird to be a young man who's building a career out of playing Characters with some form of mental or emotional retardation Is it? I've never seen that happen before Hmm To play one after another? And the other thing is, like, I that, this is the big worry I have for the season because I don't, I, I enjoyed him well enough as Todd in Breaking Bad. Every iteration of this character I've seen since, like, notice uh, the one I can really think of off the top of my head is Olive Kitteridge last season mm. uh, or last year. I getting a little bit more and more tired of this sh- particular shtick. So when yeah, I heard I that he's, that. when I hear, and I heard that he's also kind of that type of dude in Friday Night Lights. Season two, I I don't know, man. It's it's a little thin for me, and that's the one worry I have for the season. I'm just not going to connect with this character.
0: Well, that's only a worry for you. I think anybody who is just looking for the character to be the character and doesn't give a shit about what Jesse Plemons does Some in his slow, career. Some slow,
1: dopey-eyed doofus.
0: Yeah. All right. Let let him be that if that's what he wants to be, as long as the character fits in, you know? Uh, it seems like he'll fit in. Like, you, you look at Martin Freeman's character. Whose name escapes me at the moment, Jesus. Uh huh. Uh he wasn't the sharpest thing right off the bat. He no. had to kind of grow into that role. So maybe there'll be some some transformation for Jesse Plemons by the end of this season. Who but
1: knows? he's not that's the thing. Like, um the thing with Martin Freeman is that he's smart. Sure. He yeah. was a, a pushover and a milk toast and kind of nothing personality wise. Um but he was sh- smart and resourceful and he had some kind of edge to him that that you find out pretty pretty soon into the series
0: yeah i'm just saying his character if you're if you're playing a character who's kind of an
1: idiot uh lester that's his good name lester. uh if you if you start off with the player who's, uh, a character's kind of an idiot i don't know where you go from there i think i'm more interested in the wife of his uh kirsten dunst mm-hmm. who's described as perky on the outside seething on the inside wife of ed the butcher. Which sounds a lot like the Amanda Pete character from HBO's Togetherness. Um, I haven't seen Kristen Dunst in anything that I've enjoyed since the original Spider-Man. And I didn't so okay. much enjoy Kristen Dunst in that fair. as I enjoyed just the character of Mary Jane, her relationship with Peter Parker, and, yeah. and she wasn't particularly interesting or I don't know that brilliant. I've seen her in
0: anything since then. <laughs> she was in a tennis movie. I know
1: she's in stuff, I just haven't seen them. With the guy who played Dr. Martin. Uh, matcherin from the Master and Commander movie, uh, Paul. Like Matchpoint or
0: something. Yes, I think that's something exactly what it. it was. Yeah, I s- I never saw that, that. I
1: saw that, and that's about it. So, if she's working on something high caliber, I'm kind of in on. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what she does with the role. You mentioned Michael Hogan. Yeah, that's. Who I think uh, is going to
0: be sidelined, which is unfortunate. Really, he's supposed to. Doesn't he play a character who's had a stroke and his family's kind of fighting over the power of oh, the Gerhardt? see,
1: I saw that he is the Minnesota boss of the Ger- yeah. Gerhardt a uh, crime family. So I think and he's, he's also a Colonel Tigg, if you don't know from BSG. Uh, yeah. Cause, cause I I'm think like, who the fuck is Michael Hogan? <laughs> and then as soon as I saw his head,
0: I'm like, oh yeah, it's that guy. Yeah. It's Ty. Uh, so I, I'm a little disappointed that he may be sidelined in this, given mm. that he's had a stroke And his, the, the story I get is he's had a stroke. His family is kind of squabbling over the power vacuum that's been created there. Mm. Like his son and his wife are both. One of his sons is Kieran it.
1: Culkin, which as you mentioned, yeah. uh, I'm really, cause he's good at playing a guy who you look at and you don't think much of, but there's a yeah. lot going on underneath the surface. Sure.
0: I loved him in Scott Pilgrim. I thought he was
1: awesome. I thought he was awesome. Scott uh, Pilgrim that's really well.
0: the only thing I've seen him in.
1: I know I've seen him in other stuff. I can't. Hmm. Um, I
0: don't know that I've actually seen anything he's been in since then.
1: Yeah. But anyway, I don't want to de- derail your point.
0: Yeah, yeah. My point is I hope Michael Hogan is not too sidelined, but that's my fear hmm. given the the plot
1: uh what else uh casting wise we want to talk about um that another thing i'm worried about and this is one of those things where like if you'd have told me that there was a mute that was wearing like a fringe (laughs) you know Uh jacket a leather fringe jacket and walking around with this like fast talking kind of minnesota gangster i'd have been like roll my eyes but Kansas City enforcer Mike, who travels everywhere with a pair of silent but deadly, make her own fart joke there, twin brothers named Kitchen. That really sounds dumb and stupid. But again, Wrench, uh, what is it, Mr. Numbers and and Mr. Wrench? Yeah. Those sounded on paper really, really stupid, too. And then they slid a guy through an ice hole, and suddenly you take them really, really seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you see that that scene where he walks up to the counter and he's like, give me a whatever glaze with this yeah. long, drawn-out A, and it's like, all right, I think that works. Like, I I don't take anything too seriously in Fargo, right? It's all a little bit tongue-in-cheek. It's all kind and that's how they of rope you in. on purpose.
1: You don't take it seriously until the blood starts flowing.
0: You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, there are moments where it makes you sit up and go, whoa, I didn't expect that. And so I don't... I don't ever think anything's kind of out of the range of Fargo, <laughs> frankly.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, Steve Buscemi as a contract killer mm-hmm. slash kidnapper doesn't seem like it works on paper either. <laughs>
0: sure, yeah.
1: Uh, but then it totally does. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is Noah Hawley. Yeah. The creator creator, uh, and the main writer behind last season is directing either the first or second episode. Are you excited to see
0: what he can do behind the camera?
1: Or we didn't see any if, of that
0: season one? We I'm, didn't do any of that? I
1: do not believe. I think this is directorial, huh. directorial rather, de- debut.
0: All right, yeah. Bring him out. Cart him out here. Out of the writer's room. Let's see what he's got.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like the I like the singular kind of focus that he brought to the writing last season, and I'm a little nervous with, the, uh, you know, it seems like with what happened in season two, of True Detective, where, you know, the writer, it seemed like he was dr- grabbing for more power on the show. Um I don't think feel like that's this. This is just him, you know, wanting to try that out. I mean, sure. Vince Gilligan directs yeah. episodes, seems to work all right. Yeah. Uh I also have I don't think they're confirmed, but they all have sources to them in Wikipedia, the first 7 episodes titles. And normally okay. I wouldn't give a shit, mm-hmm. but last season the titles were – and finding out the story behind the titles and the philosophy behind the titles were kind of key to my enjoyment – not key to my enjoyment, but certainly increased my enjoyment. They were the mm. the spice in, in the stew. Uh, so are you interested in hearing – the first seven titles of Fargo.
0: If I say no, do we not do it?
1: Uh sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yes. I I'll, am. I'll take you as an average bald move listener. If you say no, then, <laughs> then I'll, I'll say, Well, fuck you. Delete I'm, my notes and we'll, we'll conclude the episode. I'm interested. All right. Uh first episode is Waiting for Dutch, which I'm thinking Probably. is a man named Dutch.
0: I assume so. And yeah. you're meeting him at perhaps a donut bar. <laughs> now this can be the shootout. Like could be. I mean, I mean, there, we know that there's going to be a Waffle House sort of place where there's going to be a shootout, right? I did not know that. And that, that. kind of kicks off the whole thing.
1: Um, you know, Waffle Houses are scenes of bloody massacres of people's colons every day, so That's it just true. seems fitting that there would be real lead.
0: And I I like the little promo spot that FX did. They just have a waffle sitting in a snowbank <laughs> for like five <laughs> seconds with Fargo that just fades in.
1: Sure. It's cool. Uh second episode is Before the Law. Which is a reference to a uh, Kafka short story. We actually talked about this on a Breaking Bad rewatch episode for season three. This is the one where a guy goes to look at the law and he goes to a big bureaucratic building and there's a gatekeeper at the front doors wide open and the gatekeeper says you just can't go inside. And the man's intimidated enough by the gatekeeper that even though there's no physical impediment, he he doesn't go inside the building. So it's okay. kind of like this psychological, philosophical thought experiment about bureaucratic control systems. Sure. Uh have no idea how that's going to fit into the episode, but we'll be going to look at that. Number three, myth of Sisypheus. Cif- You're oh, familiar sure. with Sisypheus, right? Yeah. Big ass stone. Son, son of just a bitch. can't, the just can't get the boulder up the hill. Yeah. It keeps rolling down on him. Rough justice. Um, Four is fear and trembling, which I thought was just a reference to the Bible. <laughs> Okay, Um, which is uh, a verse from Philippians to continue to work out your salvation of fear and trembling. But then I punched it into Google. Turns out it's also a philosophical work by Soren Kierkegaard uh, that talks about the emotional state that Abraham was in when he was commanded by God to sacrifice his son. It's a meditation on what that meant and like whether that the inscrutable nature of that state made abraham or uh abraham closer to god or above superior to god. Hmm. F- and so it's like i you know this is as much as i can get out of 15 20 minutes of reading but i'm kind of interested in that and what the hell that means for and are we going to have i'm assuming we're going to have another satanic type figure. okay like, uh, Melville which, you know, our, our resident Fargo file, Eric is, is, that's a big theme in the Coen brothers universe. And this is not oh, a yeah. Coen brothers work, but it's certainly Coen adjacent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all this biblical imagery and talking about these mindsets of sacrifices and we've got son, we got multiple father sunsets to work with here. Kind of interesting. Um, then episode five is gifted to Magi. That's the classic Christmas story of the, mm-hmm. uh, two people giving self making sacrifices to give each other gifts and and ironically oh i cut off my hair to buy you to to fix your your pocket watch oh i sold my pocket watch to get you a comb for your hair oh we love each other <laughs> um so yeah which i've always thought cynically it's essentially how people can impoverish <laughs> uh, unchecked selflessness can impoverish people like they literally would have been better off Had they just done nothing and, like, said, I love you on Christmas morning. I don't know. I'm an (laughs) asshole. Uh, Episode six, titled The Rhinoceros. The
0: Rhinoceros, okay.
1: The only thing I can think of is there is there's a little bit of, and it might be apocryphal stories, of the rhinoceros being a basis for the unicorn myth. Hmm. Like, European explorers seeing them from off in the distance through, like, you know, the haze of the the savannah. And seeing this by bi- this quadrupedal creature with a huge yeah. horn, and oh, it's unicorns. And maybe there's like a mistaken identity, just making shit up, man. Sure,
0: yeah, no these these are a stretch. Uh, and episode seven is, did you do this? No, you did it. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Oh, that's even. out of the Bible. That's Thessalonians.
1: That's yeah. That's <laughs> that's that's uh, all of Israeli history essentially, <laughs> up through. Uh, Uh, up through the the destruction of the temple of solomon i think that's what i think all right uh so we got a couple feedbacks not a lot most people are just super excited
0: and uh to to see what's going on and as am i this is gonna be I, i don't know so we've got the leftovers which is on right now right and it seems like maybe that's going to be a little bit lighter than it was last season um I don't as know, far as tone man. last season was a fucking bummer
1: man well but that thing is like a constant
0: fucking bummer
1: <laughs> it had to open that way but you also had some more lighthearted episodes within the season since they did all the heavy emotional lifting the first i feel like that
0: did you i'm not sure you did yeah there
1: were some episodes that like maybe Gar- it
0: was the combo of true detective and leftovers last year that Mm. Just left me in this bummed out state, but I feel like Fargo is going to be a breath of fresh air after some of these leftovers episodes where Fargo
1: gets heavy, but it's also funny and it's also awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to take your medicine when it's kind of mixed up like that. Definitely. Uh, speaking of someone that hates the leftovers and loves Fargo, it's D from Australia. She says, "My, huh. s- I don't, I don't get this comment, but I'm throwing it out for people that might." My secret wish is that Ellen Barkin and Allison Janey are in the background of a scene somewhere drinking beer and laughing too loud. And she says, "What you'll get if you've ever seen Drop Dead Gorgeous. I have not, mm-hmm. so I don't get that. But no, I'm sure there are either. dozens of you out there that do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also dozens uh, of uh, Arrested Development fans that got that reference. Dummy from the forums wrote in, uh, speaking your Jesse Plemons types, said, Billy Bob Thornton is what made the show for me, so I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm also hoping for a surprise murder scene of either Mac or Sweet D. That ha- is a reference to what's his fate Dennis Dennis from it's always sunny being the hapless exercise instructor that meets a tragic end. Yeah, in Fargo. So can we get Mac and Sweet D in there? Sure. Uh, maybe that you kill off one of the gang each episode. Every, of Fargo every season. Every, you know? Yeah, each, we'll each have, season. Yeah
0: we'll, yeah, we'll have four seasons. Well, five. You throw in Danny. DeBito I was going to say, too. call you
1: gotta you gotta, you gotta call Frank. You gotta have Frank at the, and that's he's got to be the final season because he was yeah. the last of the gang to assemble.
0: Maybe the rhinoceros is him coming out of a rhinoceros Ace Ventura style, completely uh, of a couch,
1: of a couch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, that's all I really have. Do You have anything else?
0: No, no. I think not that's a ton about to go it. on. I'm, I'm super excited though. Oh yeah, I, I can't wait for this thing.
1: Yeah, we are. We've been kind of in a sleepy season, and the yeah. leftovers have come back with uh, in strong form. Got Fargo and The uh, Walking Dead coming back to see. Yeah, this, it's this, all happening uh, this week too. Uh, so yeah, if you want to give us feedback, it's Fargo at bald move.com and also on our forums, forums We have got a whole Fargo forum and we'll have live threads each, each uh, night that it premieres. We're really excited. And, uh, we'll be back around this time we're the Fargo comes out on the Mondays, right? <laughs> it Monday does come evenings, out on the, Mondays, the Fargo comes yes. out on the Mondays and our podcast comes out on the Wednesdays on hump day.
0: Uh huh.
1: So we'll have, uh, Have a Fargo cast-up for you around this time next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you then.